So uh, thanks. That's uh, sorry. That was a lot for me to, to work through in the in the intro there. I apologize, Nan. But let's start with Facebook. So re reports have surfaced today that the company could be facing um, an antitrust lawsuit as soon as as next week, and at least 20 states are involved. So what exactly does the the lawsuit involve as far as what Facebook is doing? Well, I mean, I think that. Uh we have a conversation around breaking up big tech, which is a large conversation. We've got Amazon, Facebook, and several others. These are all very different conversations. When it comes to Facebook, I think what you're gonna see most is whether the acquisitions were anti-competitive. So you're talking there about WhatsApp and you're talking about Instagram and unwinding those acquisitions. That's probably the most likely avenue for any antitrust case. Uh, but in my opinion, I don't think that this is a solution to the social media economy's problems because this economy runs on network effects. If you break up the lead uh, uh, company, uh, the next Facebook-like company will just tip into market dominance because of the way the economy works uh, in social. So is, are you essentially saying that you can break them up, but people slowly migrate to whichever one that they, they all sort of prefer and it creates that sort of feedback loop? That's exactly right. The only way to really ensure competition in the social economy is to uh, uh, talk about data portability, social network portability, and interoperability. What do I mean? Well, it used to be that you couldn't take your cell phone number with you when you switched carriers until we instituted what's known as number portability. Right now, you can't take your social network with you when you switch uh, carriers, so to speak, in social networks from one to another. There is an act uh, in front of Congress called the Access Act that would force any social media network greater than 100 million users to become interoperable. Uh, and research has shown that when you force interoperability and portability, that it creates competition. Without those structural reforms, I think any kind of antitrust measure is only going to be a panacea, is not going to be a panacea, it's not going to solve the problem. And, and so is this going to be something where, you know, are, are, are companies maybe just going to have to create better transparency? Are there certain things that maybe these companies can do to, to make that go away? Or is this something where you should expect some, some change of some sort? It's sort of too late to, to turn back now. Well, I certainly think there's a lot of regulatory and public sentiment backlash against social media companies at the moment. I think that we have come to a point where people realize that we have to do something. Uh, and even if those uh, actions are going to be uh, potentially not very effective, I think you're going to see politicians essentially uh, see a need to do something. And the antitrust action seems to be gaining lots of momentum currently. Uh, what I would recommend to policymakers is to uh, create structural reforms of the economy first, then consider antitrust, enact those interoperability and data portability uh, legislations that are pending before Congress, then think about antitrust. Otherwise, you're going to destroy a lot of consumer value because the value is created through these network effects that also tip these companies into monopolies. And so I think one thing that's that's maybe interesting and lost in this discussion is as far as breaking them up or putting slapping some restrictions or, or putting regulation on what they can or can't do, is is that really changed the the revenue models for these companies? Because like, if you look back eight years, 
everyone said Facebook, no one even really understood how Facebook made money. Now they understand and I guess they have a problem with it. So does there really, are these changes going to impact the digital economy to where the, just the, the general model of these social networks won't be as profitable or won't drive as much revenue moving forward? Well, I mean, I think that the, uh, the sort of engagement model, the engagement economy of digital marketing and social media is, is entrenched. In other words, this is a massive business. It involves Google, it involves Facebook, but it also involves the rest of digital marketing. Uh, and I think to imagine that an antitrust case against Facebook flips the business model of uh, Facebook away from advertising and towards, say, subscription revenue uh, is, is short-sighted. I think if there is a need to change the business model in order to deal with hate speech or the spread of misinformation or election integrity or political polarization, then you're going to have to have other changes in order to inspire that. The delete uh, Facebook movement, the stop hate for profit movement where advertisers uh, paused advertising on Facebook was a drop in the bucket over the summer. Uh, you would have to see something much more sustained and sustainable than that to create change in the business model. The antitrust action will not change the business model. It will just attempt to break up the companies to create more competition. But if you really want competition, the policymakers should be looking towards structural reforms of the economy itself, interoperability, data portability, social network portability. Interesting. And, and then one other thing, I, I, I think you are overly qualified to answer this question, but Section 230. So I think a lot of people hear it thrown around there. Um, if someone were to ask me just in the, the crudest of terms, I would say it means uh, it basically means you can't sue these companies for what gets put put on their sites or what gets posted. Is it really that simple? Or So if we do get Section 230 reforms or any changes there, does it really just mean more lawsuits? Or is there a lot more, you got to peel back some, some layers of that onion to really get to what's at the crux of how it impacts the business models? I think you have described it quite well. It is a shield against civil liability. And in fact, what it does is it allows these platforms to moderate. Because if you don't have this shield, then they are responsible for the moderation decisions they make in a civil liability sense. Now, what Section 230 does is it adjudicates uh, between free speech and harmful speech. Obviously, free speech, uh, you should be able to have free speech on the internet, uh, but free speech has limits. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Uh, we have laws against defamation. We have laws against libel. We have regulations of political advertising. But repealing Section 230 is not a solution for any of this. If you repeal Section 230, it would make large portions of the Internet unworkable overnight, and not just social media, but the commenting section of The New York Times, all of Wikipedia, review and, and rating sites where users uh, generate content about what they've read. Uh, all of these internet businesses rely on Section 230 in order to operate because the uncertainty of having, you know, potentially trillions of dollars of lawsuits from any of the 3 billion social media users against any of the other 3 billion social media users, that's just a, a huge burden in terms of legal liability that would make a lot of the free internet impossible. We need Section 230. What we need to do, however, is to create legislative boundaries uh, that define the border between free speech, legitimate free speech, and harmful speech 
When does the First Amendment contravene, contravene the 14th Amendment? Where is their harm and how can we carve that out?